Express FM. Supported by Southern Co-op. We are passionately Pompey. Begins, look forward, work together to create a Portsmouth football club that we can all be proud to be associated with. Pure, unadulterated Pompey. It's a massive club, it's a massive opportunity for me. I know this atmosphere is special. I can't wait to see a full house and it rocking. Action and reaction. This is a huge football club. We're here to be hopefully successful. The infrastructure is changing. So really we want to start pushing forward and making Portsmouth a real force. Giving Pompey fans a voice. It's a club with a rich tradition, a rich heritage, but one that has an excellent relationship with its supporters. This is the Football Hour. The one team that stands out that's historic, that's had great success, that has a fan base that is amazingly passionate, is Portsmouth. Pompey's unbeaten run continues. Seven matches now following a dramatic victory over the Dons at the weekend. Harness outside the penalty area. Lovely from Harness. Shot from Harness. Goal from Harness. That's magnificent. And surely he's won it for Portsmouth. On tonight's show, we'll gather the thoughts of both Henry Deacon and Sam Stone, as well as the man who netted the equaliser on Saturday, Michael Jacobs. To be out there, it's fantastic. It's obviously been a bit of a frustrating time for me in terms of playing-wise, but oh, when you get your opportunity, you've got to try and take it, and yeah, it was just nice to be out there today. We've got the small matter of tomorrow's trip to Lincoln to look ahead to as well. This evening, we'll also hear the post-match reaction of Blues head coach Danny Cowley. It's an important win for us. We're fighting really hard at the moment. We're not free-flowing, we're not playing with loads of rhythm, but we're playing with a lot of fight and a lot of spirit. Plenty to chew through between now and seven o'clock, including a big defensive dilemma for Pompey to manage through. A very good evening and welcome along to another edition of the Football Hour. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. Welcome to the show then, where we have got another 60 minutes of Pompey discussion to get through, including a review of Saturday's action and a look ahead to tomorrow night's trip to Sinsel Bank. The Football Hour is once again being driven to you by Stagecoach Across the South. Download the app now from either the Apple app or Google Play Store to locate your nearest stop and plan your next ride. This evening, we would love to hear the post-match and pre-match thoughts of you guys back home. With the injury and suspension woes at left-back, who slots in for tomorrow night's match at Lincoln. Does George Hurst continue to start up top? And would you like Michael Jacobs to retain his spot in the starting lineup? 81400 is our text number. Ensure you'll start your messages with the word express. You can email Pompey at expressfm.com, tweet using at expressfm, or find us over at facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. First of all, tonight we'll be taking a listen back to the highlights of Saturday's game at PO4. Andy Moon and Guy Whittingham provide the commentary for Pompey's 2 1 victory over AFC Wimbledon. Everything we do is passionately Pompey. A wonderful goal! Every second of the action is right here. Chilton scores! 90 minutes of passionately Pompey commentary. He this is Pompey Live. Well, after a week ago, Portsmouth had to battle the physical challenge away at Wickham, one they stood up to. What's in front of them today is a little bit different. AFC Wimbledon, a young team, a quick team, certainly not with the physicality of Wickham, the side that always seems to be able to punch above their weight in League One. And we are ready here at Pratton Park. And Wimbledon immediately... Uh, almost give the ball away on the right-hand side. Instead, they'll play it forward. Ogilvy to defend for Pompey. Mazzini says, don't worry, I've got this. And Hurst looking to make a run down the touchline and Curtis's ball just couldn't find him, but Jacobs will almost take the second one up and Hardis to Jacobs in the penalty area. Hurst is free, he can be found. Hurst! Oh, he's missed! He's not missed, that's harsh. It's a brilliant covering challenge and it's behind for a corner kick. Throw comes into the penalty area and about four bodies fall on the ground. Raggett wins the header and Guinness Walker breaks into the area. Curtis doing some defending. That's a dive, surely. No, the referee said penalty. How on earth has he given that? Wow, what a terrible decision by Thomas Frammel. Guinness Walker has thrown his body into Curtis. The Poppy players are absolutely incensed. Ollie Palmer's got the ball and Danny Cowley cannot believe it. It's a penalty kick to Wimbledon. Lined up, it's going to be Ollie Palmer against Gavin Bazunu. Thomas Bramall, the referee, with the decision. Palmer steps up right-footed and scores down the middle. Bazunu dives to his left and he can't get there. And Ollie Palmer has his third goal of the season. 
And after 23 minutes, it's fourth with nil AFC Wimbledon 1. Palmer picks it up, and then Brown, trying to get it clear, will hook it away. Asal gets the second ball, Morel in the penalty area, plays it forward to Harness. There's space on the right-hand side, and now it's Romeo coming over halfway. Good pace from Marlon Romeo. Romeo breaking into the area. This is good for the Millwall man. Romeo's shot, good save from Zanev, who'll get it at the second attempt. Jacobs to Brown, into the area. Osu with the challenge, clearance from Hennigan. And Portsmouth needs to pick it up again. Ogilvy helps it forward. Woodyard with a touch, loses where the ball was. And Brown to Jacobs. And Jacobs is away into the penalty area. And this is a chance for Portsmouth. And Jacobs shot! He scored! Michael Jacobs equalises! Zanev can't keep it out in his near post. And Michael Jacobs, on his first start in the league this season, has levelled it up at Bratton Park. Portsmouth 1, Wimbledon 1. Hackett, nice pass to Morell. And Morell drives in field. If he can look the other way, Hackett was... In space is Harness. Harness outside the penalty area. Lovely from Harness. Shot from Harness. Goal from Harness. That's magnificent. Absolutely brilliant from Marcus Harness. And surely he's won it for Portsmouth in the 90th minute. He punches the air in delight. Portsmouth 2, AFC Wimbledon 1. This is it. Ball game on this. Pumpy C out this corner. It'll be three points. Final chance for AFC Wimbledon in front of their fans. All stood up in the Milton end. Here we go. Hartigan towards the penalty spot. Shot comes in for Zunu saves. And the referee decides that's that. Here at Fratton Park. Portsmouth continue their fine run of form. They've beaten AFC Wimbledon by two goals to one. Every second of the action is right here. This is 93.7 Express FM. Pompey Live. The highlights there from Saturday afternoon as Pompey made it seven games unbeaten with a dramatic 2-1 victory over AFC Wimbledon at PO4. Let's take a look at some of the other results from League One over the weekend then. Accrington Stanley played host to Sheffield Wednesday. They found themselves 3-0 down after somewhat 30 minutes at crown ground. Battled back very hard but the scoreline finished uh, 3-2 to Sheffield Wednesday. Charlton were 2-0 winners over Plymouth Argyle. Cheltenham Town beat Shrewsbury Town by two goals to one. Crew with a big win uh, for Crew Alexandra at the bottom of the table. They were 2-0 winners over Gillingham. Doncaster and tomorrow's opponents Lincoln City played out a 0-0 draw at the keep mode. Morecambe with a 2-1 victory away to their local rivals Fleetwood Town. If you haven't seen the goal already, I do suggest you go over to Morecambe's Twitter page. Um, it was the 94th minute and Cole Stockton... Um, who was banging in the goals this season. 94th minute, an audacious attempt from his own half to score the winner. An incredible goal. Incredible goal. MK Dons, they were 1-0 winners over Burton Albion. Rotherham defeated Cambridge 3-1 at the New York Stadium. Sunderland were 2-0 victors over Ipswich. And uh, Wickham, they beat Bolton Wanderers by a goal to nil. And of course, Pompey defeating Wimbledon by two goals to one. Let's take a look at how that leaves the League One table then. Plymouth Argyle, despite defeat, they are still top of the table with 36 points after 18 games played. Rotherham move up to second with 34 points and a game in hand on the leaders. The playoffs are made up of Wigan, Wickham, MK Dons and Sunderland. The win for the Blues moves them up to ninth in the table, uh, now with 26 points and an even goal difference. Tomorrow's opponents, we'll talk about them a little later on, they are 16th, Lincoln City, and in the bottom four crew remain bottom despite victory. Doncaster, Fleetwood and Shrewsbury occupy the relegation zone. Okay, let's take a look at who is joining me in the studio for tonight's edition of the show then. Delighted to welcome back Henry Deacon. Henry, great to have you, mate. I feel like I'm seeing you every other day at the moment, Jake. It's not nice, is it? It's not nice. I'm going to spend a lot of time with you this week, aren't I? A nice... uh, I don't even want to count up the miles to Lincoln tomorrow night. You're driving us up there. Uh, it's a long way. You can way. count the miles. I'm counting the hours and oh. I'm counting the caffeine that will be required. For you'll those you'll hours. be counting the caffeine. I'll be counting the sheep on the way back. I can tell you that for a fact. You won't be. <laughs> <laughs> I will not be staying awake for that journey. I can promise you that. Oh, don't uh, worry. I'll be putting the headbanging music on. <laughs> Sam Stone is joining us over the powers of the internet this evening. Also gearing up for a long trip to Lincoln tomorrow night. Sam, great to have you on board, mate. 
Oh, good evening, guys. Yeah, unlike Henry, it's been a long, long time since I've spoken to you. So, yeah, thanks for having me back on. Hope you're both well. Always a pleasure, mate. Yeah, we're really good, thank you. Let, let's jump to you first, then, Sam, my friend. Uh, a 2-1 win over Wimbledon on Saturday. We'll talk about the goals in a bit more detail in just a moment, but just overall, what a great atmosphere at Frasson Park. Yeah, it was electric, wasn't it? It was um, very different to the last home games, we've, the previous home games we've had, and it was a good all-round performance. You know, you come from a goal behind, we haven't seen that very often over the past year and a half, so team showed a bit of grit, a bit of fight, and on the whole, they, they definitely deserved the win. So it was, a, it was a, a good good to get a win coming off the Wickham game. So the Wickham game just wasn't a, a, a kind of one-off, one-off performance. So as I said before, there's a, there's a good few fixtures coming up. There's some nice fixtures coming up in the Christmas period. So let's let's just hope they get a bit of form going and, and, and we can really push up towards the, those playoff places. Yeah. And Sam emphasising there, Henry, what we were actually talking about after that victory at Adams Park a week ago on Saturday. We had to back it up mm-hmm. with a, the right result this Saturday just gone over at FC Wimbledon, despite the fact you know we respect the opponent, but Wimbledon struggling this season. If you go and beat a team like Wickham on their own turf, you've got to back it up with a win over Wimbledon. We left it late, but nonetheless the job was done. Exactly, and I mean, I said a week or so. I said a week or so ago, didn't I? In that um, that Pompey live up at Wickham, isn't irrelevance the victory if you don't back it up? Um, if you want to go where Pompey want to be and they want to be in around the top half, getting into the playoffs, then you can't just turn it on in patches. You can't just have one game moments. You've got to have runs. And you know, people say, well, it's been left to the 91st minute. Well. It, it, sometimes it's just getting over the line. I think you look at the way that Wimbledon set up on Saturday. They set up to frustrate. They're always going to get their goal on the counter-attack, which in some ways they kind of did, even though it was a penalty. It was kind of when Pompey were on top and they managed to get up the other end very quickly. And to be fair, they were stubborn in defence second half. and Their press was really good. That was something we mentioned on the programme as well. So it was always going to be a difficult team to break down. And, and it's usually those sorts of games we actually see the winners in the 94th minute. So, you know, OK, it did take a while, but sometimes, you know, know that those things happen and once you get the victory it doesn't matter how you get them just you know take the three points and you move on to tomorrow yeah uh sam uh, was it a penalty <laughs> um <laughs> no mate just simple answer yeah. um I, I guess i had a pretty similar view to you guys in the south stand <laughs> um no you could see the guy kind of put himself in between curtis and the ball and then just kind of jump into him um I can guess. I can see why the referee's given it because the referee's angle and his positioning wasn't wasn't the best. He was kind of behind Curtis, so he couldn't see that the the players almost kind of lunged into Curtis and then fallen over. So I can see why he's given it, but he's got to be in a better position um, in the first place. You can't you can't give penalties like that because it's just it's so obvious a bit. He's so obvious he's fought the foul, and it's so it happens all the time in the modern game at the moment, which is. It is part of the game, but then also referees need to wise up to it. We see it so many times, players going into the corner, just falling over. Referees need to start standing up and not giving fouls for that because players are just trying to con them on a regular basis. Yeah. Uh, Dave Byrne on the email says, Hi, Jake and Co. A, a good result on Saturday and in parts a good performance with some nice football. Uh, how good would that a goal have been if Michael Jacobs had finished off a clever pass from Marcus Harness in the first half? Yeah, that's a brilliant move, wasn't it, in the first half? Uh, anyway, I thought that referee was going to be more influential in the result than they should ever be at one stage, but we turned it around, thankfully. The match proved again how important it is to get as many of your best players on the pitch as possible and as often as you can. Without the luxury of being able to bring on Joe Morrell and Michael Jacobs, it was a game that we would have often ended up losing. Onward and upward, play at Pompey, Dave Ian Listen, We mentioned the penalty, Henry. It wasn't the most consistent referee in performances anyway, was it? You're going to get that in League One. We, we know that by now. We're not going to sit here and you know, slate the referee too much because it is just a weekly occurrence and that just you know, kind of comes part and parcel with going to watch EFL football, really. But, as Dave mentioned, those are the kind of decisions that can really make or break a game. Unfortunately, Pompey found a way through it. I mentioned on Saturday that the refereeing across the board is substandard. That's from the top to the bottom to the middle. The quality of referees in the last 10 years has gone downwards. And, I mean, that's something that the PSGM have got to look at and, and look at quickly. Um, you know, decisions like that, you, the referees are going to make mistakes, I get that, and you're going to get the odd one or two big mistakes that go against you in a season. But when consistently, week in, week out, that there's big moments that are being done wrong 
and obviously there's no luxuries of VAR in League One, obviously, then you've got to look at the standards of refereeing. And I'm not trying to call out referees here because there is a shortage of referees and I know that there's a lot of initiatives in the local area over Hampshire FA, Ports of FA, that are trying to bring new officials in the area. So I'm not trying to put people off refereeing, but it's not exactly that. It's, it's, it's the way they're being taught how to referee. Obviously, something's going wrong there because the decisions that are being made are, are wrong. But as you mentioned in your other point, you have to put that to the back burner a little bit you know of course it's an emotional game and emotions do get uh, on top of you at times you could see in the five ten minute spell after the penalty Wimbledon with the team on top and probably half time came at the right time for Pompey but if you can take that emotion out of the game the referees and the relevance and the fact that you do your job well mm. that was what they did in the end okay they had a, a, a scruffy period but they managed to get through it eventually yeah Okay, so we've already heard a few post-match reaction of both Henry and Sam so far on the show this evening. But what did goal scorer Michael Jacobs think of the events at Fratton Park? He caught up with Ollie Marsh after the final whistle. Crackers, congratulations! You must feel better than anybody out there tonight. Yeah, I think obviously it's nice, nice just to get out there and uh, the first time I've really experienced obviously Fratton Park on a, in a league game, full Fratton Park, on, and obviously to be out there is uh, is fantastic. It's obviously been a bit of a frustrating time for me in terms of playing-wise, but. Oh, when you get your opportunity, you've got to try and take it. And, um, yeah, it was just nice to be out there today. Yeah, and there's obviously you who got us back on level terms. Just talk us through the goal, first of all. I think, uh, obviously, a few ricochets, like Lee was talking about his hold-up play there, but just thought I had a, like, a great chance in the first half where I probably should have scored, and it sort of sits in the back of your mind, but sort of when you get in them sort of positions, you just got to try and take the chance on and try and set someone up, and just thought I'd have a kit, and the keeper's probably done me a favour, but if you didn't shoot, shoot, you didn't score. So, no, it was nice to see it go in, and, and it sort of was a bit of a catalyst to get us back in the game. You certainly didn't look like you were short of game time out there. I think in particular with Marcus, you were linking up really well. I think uh, the, the more experienced as a player you become, sort of obviously the older you get, you, when you sort of spend time out, the, sort of time out the team, you, you, when you come into the team and you've been out for the team for a long time, it's you have to sort of try and sort of manage your way through the game. And for me, it's obviously important that I do try and make things happen, but also just to try and manage my way through the game and make sure that I sort of affect the game, but also that I make sure I keep enough energy to get through the sort of 75, 80 minutes that I made it through. But no, no, it's it. I didn't feel unfit. I didn't feel I felt fresh, and obviously having a bit of time out of the team might have helped. But um, yeah, it was just nice to be out there. Obviously, finished 2 1, but 1 0 down at half time. I have to ask you, what was your view of that penalty decision? I, I just sort of said to the referee, sort of after it happened, it felt like they were both sort of shoulder to shoulder, both got a little bit of it, and it, it, it looked like he was sort of going down quite, quite easily and sort of, but. And then obviously the referee took his time before making the decision and yeah, it just felt like it was one of them decisions that could have gone either way. Obviously we didn't feel like it was a penalty our way. And it sort of and um, yeah, it gave him a bit of a head, like a bit of a sort of got their heels up a little bit and it was difficult decisions to take at the time. And obviously the ten minute spell after that was a little bit sort of frantic and decisions going our way and stuff. But um, I think as a group you can see our sort of togetherness and these sort of decisions and that go against us, we sort of came out fighting second half and a bit of brilliance from Marcus sort of sort of won us the game in the end. Yeah, and it always feels better in front of the front and end as well doesn't it yeah I think obviously them sort of results they sort of like when I came down here people talked about the ball being drawn into the net at that end and you don't really see it until times like tonight and or this afternoon sorry and you see that sort of happen and you can see why people talk about it so much so uh, now it's great to see that going in the end and, and three points gets us gets us right back in the mix yeah I think it's a four game winning run now as well how do you push on from this both as a player and as a team I think obviously we've got rest up and recuperate. We've got a big, big couple of weeks coming up in terms of sort of two away games. And if we can sort of keep our, the way we're playing and sort of try and build on these performances and these results, then I think we can only go up. Michael Jacobs there speaking after the game on Saturday. The three of us will be discussing his return in the next part of the show. After the break, we'll hear what the gaffer had to say about the weekend's win. Danny Cowley reviews the events at Fratton Park and heaps of praise upon the raucous PO4 atmosphere. That's what I dreamt about. When I become Portsmouth manager, it was for moments like that. And I just thought, yeah, they, they stayed with us throughout. Even when we weren't at our most fluent, they stayed with us. And I think they saw how much the boys were fighting for each other. And, you know, we know what the supporters want. We know that they want the resilience and the determination and the grit and the fighting for the badge. And um, I think they saw that in the team performance. Stay tuned for even more Pompey reaction. We'll be back in just a few moments for the continuation of the Football Hour. This is the Football Hour. 93.7
Express FM. Welcome back to the Football Hour here on Express FM, driven to you this season by Stagecoach Across the South. Visit stagecoachbus.com to find out more information on the services they can provide you this evening. I am joined by Henry Deacon and Sam Stone up until 7 o'clock to review the events of Pompey's 2-1 victory over Wimbledon at the weekend and to look ahead to tomorrow night's gruelling trip up to Sinsel Bank. Lincoln City, the opponents in match day number 19 for Pompey. But before we go on to preview that game, got to bring Sam and Henry back into the conversation. And just before the break, Sam, we heard the post-match thoughts of Michael Jacobs, who, well, started a game for Pompey for the first time this season and quite the performance he put in as well. Yeah, I mean, there's Andrew Moon put that stat out. He's had 13 games, Jacobs has started, 11 wins, one draw and one defeat. Yeah. So he clearly has a, a a good impact on this Pompey side. And I think you can see that, especially when you're playing a side like Wimbledon at home, who were quite hard to break down, they did press quite well. Having a player who can pick a pass, he's got that composure. It, it does help in those situations. And I also think he's, he's a, a lot better starting than coming off the bench. I don't necessarily think he's an impact player. I think he's a player that will be good in breaking these, these tough sides down. And, and that's what he kind of did. That's what he did on um, on Saturday. First half performance was okay, but then second half that was that kind of moment of uh, moment of quality that burst through their defence, and, and it was a decent finish. I mean, the keeper probably should have done better, but it was still low. It was it was really, it hit quite well. Um, but there's definitely a player there that you can see is a level above. And I mean, he's played a level above. He played in the championship for Wigan, been promoted from this league twice. So there is certainly a, a very good player in there. I mean. People have been saying he's one of our highest-paid players. He's got to be performing more, but you know he played. He started 13 times for Pompey. We've won 11 of them. Um, I, I don't think you can do much better than that for the team, anyway, because he clearly has a good impact on this side. Yeah, and a player, Henry, who you know, large parts to the start of the season. Michael Jacobs has been you know, heavily, heavily isolated from his team. I don't see. I don't think many Blues fans saw Michael Jacobs having much of a Pompey career beyond this season of course that moved Ipswich fell through right at the final hurdle uh, in the transfer window unfortunate for Michael Jacobs I don't think Danny Cowley made you know, any secret of that 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 was a move that was going to go ahead for Michael Jacobs it didn't happen he's back within this Pompey team he's had to battle through injury he's had to battle through you know team selection issues he's found his way back into the starting lineup, and and like Sam said there he may have only started 13 times throughout his entire Pompey career over the last two seasons but He's a player that, when started, he's certainly put in the shift that Pompey fans expect. Absolutely that. And you can imagine at the point that he was back in August time when, when the move doesn't go through, mentally you're thinking, well, you, you, you're not you're not at Pompey, are you? You're, you're expecting to be at another club. You're mentally looking ahead to a fresh, exciting new challenge, uh, something different in your career. Um, move away from a club where you haven't probably played as often as he, he would have wanted to have played so to come back from that it, it's a tough thing and a lot of people probably would a lot of people probably would just sit on the training ground t- take the money and go but I think it, t- it says a lot of mental strength from, from Michael Jacobs to say well look that didn't happen it didn't happen and you know whatever time I've, I've got here you know I've, I've got a contract still here I'm going to work my hardest try and play as often as I can try and you know to a certain extent prove the manager wrong and you know when you do the, do the hard work on the training field then you're going to give yourself the opportunity the opportunity comes on Saturday I've said to you, I said to you after the game I think he grasped it very well and you know there's players in that squad like himself George Hurst Conor Ogilvy who uh, perhaps were a bit out of favour at the start of the season but because of injuries because of suspensions because of form potentially going the wrong side you actually gift yourself opportunities as, as a circumstance of that but when you get the opportunities you've got to perform enough in the games to to do that and he's one of those players that certainly has Sam, you know, we mentioned as well about how Michael Jacobs was nearly off to Portman Road in the summer, albeit only one game on Saturday. And, you know, we expect perhaps and hopefully more from Michael Jacobs as the weeks turn on. You know, we're going to need the entire squad, especially for a, a very busy Christmas and winter schedule. Do you see a, a future for Michael Jacobs at Fratton Park? Do you think this could be the catalyst and the kind of turning point for him to prove to the fans that actually, no, he is still there to be, to be called upon. He is still there. He wants to give his 100% for this team, whether that's to try and you know lure other clubs in January or the, or the summer transfer window to, to you know put an offer in for him or perhaps even fight for his place at Fratton Park for next season. Yeah, yeah I, I would agree with you there. I mean, 
there's no it's no secret he was trying Cowley wanted to free up some of the budget and Ipswich did come in for Jacobs and he is one of the highest earners so you could see why Cowley wanted to get rid of him but then also there is a quality league one player in there and if he gets a, a run in the side which he hasn't had he's been blighted by injury yeah. obviously there was a management change last season as well which didn't help coming back into the side couldn't just quite break back into the side there was some poor form as well then he's had the summer window where he's been injured again transfer speculation it hasn't been an ideal scenario for any player to really that's not an ideal scenario for any player to kind of get into a run of form um, but there is we know there is a player in there that is more than capable at this level and at his best could provide the side with so much more creativity going forward which he has shown um, so yeah I mean I think it's a win-win for Pompey if Jacobs does play well because um, if he plays well up through December, start of January, maybe someone will come looking for him to to take him before the end of his contract. And if not, I mean, if Pompey have an informed Michael Jacobs for the whole season, it's it's only going to uh, it's only be a benefit for the team considering the record he had every time he starts for 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 Pompey this season. Yeah. Well, throughout his whole stay. Yeah. Uh, 81400 is the number to text if you want to get involved with the conversation over the next half an hour or so. Let us know your score predictions for tomorrow's trip to Lincoln as well. Be sure to start your messages with the word express. You can email Pompey at expressfm.com, include at expressfm on Twitter, or you can head on over to our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. Linda Bale has got in touch on the email, says, uh, good hard-fought win on Saturday. A few games ago, we would probably not kept that. For substitutes in the second half, especially Morel, who was the best of them, probably changed the game. The referee was poor, especially the penalty, and it is a shame that Brown was booked and now misses tomorrow's match at Lincoln. Scoring at the end of the game was karma, especially with their time-wasting. Player Pompey, Linda Mayle on the emails. We'll come on to talk about that big big moment involving Lee Brown which puts him out of tomorrow's game at Lincoln in the next part of the show trust me we've got a lot to talk about uh, when we come on to preview tomorrow night's game but in in terms of Joe Morrell Henry we spoke about it again on Pompey Live after the match on Saturday came on in the 54th minute fresh off of international duty games under his belt some great performances for Wales Um, we know the heading to the, the World Cup qualification playoffs in March so a player who was continuing his league form into international form and albeit a player missed potentially at Wickham the week before, you want that kind of character who can go away on international international duty, come back on the same week and put in the kind of shift that he did for Pompey against Wimbledon, albeit only half an hour, but he changed that game completely. And I think realistically, when you look at the week that was coming up, Wimbledon home... Lincoln away, Gillingham away. I think realistically, I don't think after coming back from Wales duty, and we spoke about on Saturday potentially, you know, they didn't know we could play if, if obviously they got him as a as a close contact to Kevin De Bruyne because obviously I think, I think it would have gone down to your wafer protocols with it because it was your wafer game or FIFA game. So obviously their protocols have been different to the EFL, so there would have been question marks over that. And 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 ultimately, when you got three games in a week, you're going to rest and rotate naturally anyway. He felt like probably one of the obvious candidates to rest and rotate because. You don't really want to change the nucleus of a of a winning side. He's a player that can slot back in on the Lincoln game on on the Tuesday night. But then you know when he comes on, he makes the impact that he makes. You know, very good, uh, solid performance. Um, out of that little bit of pace, a little bit of energy that was lacking in the middle of the park. Um, you know, Wimbledon were able just to contain us that little bit more. So uh, him coming on, causing that threat, causing that danger was big. And and look, when you when you got options to. To, to bring at your disposal off the bench then as a manager always in a happy place yeah okay then let's hear what the manager had to say after the win on Saturday Danny Cowley also caught up with Ollie Marsh on the touchline at Fratton Park well Danny congratulations on the win a hard fought one and you have to say a deserved one as well yeah I think so it's, a, it's, a, it's an important win for us um, we're fighting really hard at the moment we're not not free flowing not playing with loads of rhythm but we're playing with a lot of fight and a lot of spirit and I think that that's that show today you know last Saturday we, we showed those qualities and we, we won a really tight game against uh, a very good Wickham team and today things have gone against us out of our control in terms of the penalty decision um, and probably quite a few decisions in the first half but we um, we kept our discipline we kept our focus we were patient enough we found the equaliser and then I always felt that once we found that equaliser if we found one we'd be able to find the, the second and the, and the supporters were, 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 were placed such a big part in, in that victory today. 
Yeah, it was Michael Jacobs with the equaliser coming back into the starting eleven. So that decision from you obviously vindicated. Well, listen, I'm pleased for Michael. I think he, um, you know, he's he's worked really hard. I think we've got more rhythm in his in 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 his performances of, of just recently. Um, he's been training well, um, and we know the quality that that he has. Um, and I thought he was he was he was good in all that he did today. And I was so delighted for him that he, that he was able to find that 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 important equaliser. And you must have felt, as you say, once that equaliser went in, it really was kind of one-way traffic. There was only really one team that was going to go on and get the second. Yeah, I, I think, you know, credit to Wimbledon. They are um, a young, energetic team. I think they play with a huge amount of, of, of um, enthusiasm and intensity. And they don't give you a moment to, to be able to get into your patterns and build your play. Um, they're always putting pressure on the ball they love to attack and overload the ball and you have to be very good at playing out of the pressure and if you can do that then then you can 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 affect their, their defensive line and, and we were able to do that enough times I actually thought first half we were playing well um, up until the penalty um, we created a lot of chances we need to be a little bit more ruthless with the final action and then we give the penalty away and then we lost our, our way for maybe 10 minutes just maybe for a, just a small period lost our discipline um, and we just said at half time that we don't want to be the victim um, you know you can either put your, your energy into feeling disappointed and uh, moaning about the, the, the things you can't control or you can, you, can, you can use your energy in a really positive way and I thought we did that second half and I was, I was, I was really pleased with the response I thought we, we wanted to play with two up today I think um, we did cause, cause threat in that, in, that, in that first half period in that, in that formation um, but once they then scored maybe we needed to, to, to get the control with the, with the extra man in there so, um, and, and I thought you know, the subs come on and had a, had a real impact yeah, how, how impactful were those subs? That They obviously had the desired effects and, and you made them early in the second half as well. Yeah, I thought, um, I thought all of them come on and, and, and did well. It was great to have Rico back. He's such an intelligent footballer. Um, same with Ellis, he, gives you that, he gave us a real physical um, reference point when he come on and you're able to play into him and up to him. Um, and he obviously carries a real threat from, from crosses as well. And Joe, I thought, yeah, really gave us a, a control in, in there. So, so free, you know, free, that's what you expect when you, you finishes. You want them to come in and impact the game and I'm pleased that they were able to. And, and today was a, was a real squad effort. And you mentioned the fans, let's mention them again. Those celebrations at full time, they seem like some of the best that we've seen since your time at the club. Yeah, oh, that's, that's what I dreamt about. Yeah, when I, when I become Portsmouth manager, it was for moments like that. And I just thought, um, yeah, they, they stayed with us throughout, um, even when we weren't our most fluent. Um, they stayed with us and I think they saw how much the boys were fighting for each other um, and you know we know what the, the supporters want we know we know that they want the resilience and the determination and the grit and the, and the fighting for the badge and um, I think they saw that in a team performance today and when, when Marcus found that moment of quality um, right at the death it was a, it was a great feeling for, for, for everybody in the, in, in, in the ground and I just spoke to a couple of young boys there actually it was their first ever game and you know this is this is this is this is this is how memories are created and this is how you know people start supporting this this wonderful club and we've got to make sure that we we try to provide more moments like that because it means so much to everybody associated with this city Danny Cowley there speaking to the club's media team following this uh, 2-1 win over the Dons on Saturday afternoon. Sam Stone, Henry Deacon joining me up until 7 o'clock this evening. We'll come on to preview tomorrow's long trip to Lincoln City in the next part of the show, Sam. But I think the three... The three favourite words that Danny Carly likes to use: grit, determination, and resilience. But to be fair, he's not wrong. We saw that all on Saturday. We saw it all at Wickham, and that is something that Pompey fans they do love to see. Yeah, no, that's that's, that's something that Pompey fans always want, but as a bare minimum, even when the side isn't, as he said, at a free-flying best. And I don't think we've seen the Pompey that he envisaged at the start of the season. At the moment this season, he obviously wanted to try and play a certain way, but injuries, formation changes, just a few different things have meant we haven't been able to play in that kind of free-flowing, fast-moving football that he he wants to play. 
I think we he will try and do that when we've got the right personnel. But when you can't do that, you've got to find a way to win, and you've got to, and if you've got that determination, that grit, you've got some character. That's that's fifty percent of of that will get you through. And in games like Wickham, games against Wimbledon, when you're not quite at it on the footballing side, if you've got that determination, that character, it will it will get you a long way. And that's what that's what showed, especially against Wickham as well, because they threw everything at, at Pompey towards the end, and we knew what they were going to do. And Pompey really held firm, and 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 they they showed that they're not they didn't want to give up that lead, they didn't want to concede, they didn't want to end up losing the game in, in a soft way. So it's something that we've developed over the last few weeks from the Rotherham and Ipswich games so but at the moment if they if they the performances aren't quite there the way they dig in is it's good to see yep and after the break we'll be previewing tomorrow's trip to Lincoln City we want you back home to get involved with the conversation as well all the usual ways can be found on our website expressfm.com let us know your score predictions for Pompey's trip to Lincoln City let us know who you think should be starting in the left back position Lee Brown picked up a yellow card at the weekend which means he will serve a one game suspension having picked up five yellows at this stage of the campaign would you like to see Connor Ogilvie moved out from centre back to the left back slot or would you like to see Ogilvie stay in that position maybe youngster Liam Vincent could make his Pompey debut or even someone else fill in in that position. Join myself, Henry and Sam for the conclusion of tonight's show. You're listening to Express FM. You're listening to the Football Hour. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. Welcome back for the final time tonight to the Football Hour here on Express FM. Brought to you once again by Stagecoach Across the South. Getting you from A to B across the South Coast with a minimal of fuss. Well, still to come this evening over the next 17 minutes or so. Myself, Henry and Sam will be delving a little deeper into tomorrow night's game at Sinsel. It's match day number 19 for the Blues, who are currently on a seven-game unbeaten run in league and cup. Four matches consecutively winning. So a big game tomorrow night. However, they've only won two matches away from home this season. That includes last Saturday's victory at Wickham and, of course, the season opener away to Fleetwood Town. Lincoln City themselves find themselves on a bit of a mixed bag of form. And here now to uh, delve a little deeper into tomorrow night's opponents with this week's opposition, I welcome you, Connor Mosley. Match day number 19 is here for the Blues, who've enjoyed a run of seven games unbeaten in all competitions. Looking to put a stop to that, Lincoln City. Pompey Live, this week's opposition. Marcus Harness netted a late winner at the weekend to hand Pompey all three points against AFC Wimbledon at Frasson Park, elevating Danny Cowley's side up to ninth in the League One table. An opportunity now to cut the gap on the top six to just two points if all results go their way. But first of all, they've got to get past the latest challenge, the Imps. Manager. Former Blues boss Michael Appleton remains in charge at Sensor Bank, having been appointed Lincoln manager in September 2019. Two years ago, the 45-year-old replaced current Pompey gaffer Danny Cowley, who left the club to oversee operations at Huddersfield Town in the Championship. Since Appleton's appointment, the Lincoln squad has been completely overhauled into a side which has been considered a force to be reckoned with in League One, showing signs of a team capable of challenging for promotion. In February of this year, he signed a new four-year deal to remain in charge of the Imps until 2025. One to watch. 24-year-old midfielder Conor McGrandles is our one to watch this week. The former MK Dons man scored Lincoln's most recent league goal in a one-all draw with Shrewsbury at Sintel Bank on October the 30th. Born in Falkirk in Scotland, McGrandall stands at six foot and wears the number 18 shirt for the Imps, for whom he's scored six goals in 52 appearances since the start of last season. Top scorer. With seven goals and three assists to his name in the league at this stage, Irish forward Anthony Scully is currently Lincoln's top scorer. However, the 22-year-old hasn't found the back of the net since scoring in a 2 all draw with league leaders Plymouth Argyle back on October the 2nd. Scully was brought into the club in February 2020 from West Ham United, where he came through the youth ranks, signing for the Hammers in 2011. Since signing a pro contract in 2016, Scully appeared as a trialist for both Norwich City and Nottingham Forest, but failed to materialise a move to either club 
and failed to make a first-team appearance in East London. Overall, he scored 20 goals from 60 appearances in Lincoln Colours. Current form. Michael Appleton's side have claimed just one victory from their last five league matches, a run of form which has seen them drop down to 16th in the standings. The Imps are 10 points behind the playoff places and just six above the relegation zone. Lincoln's last league victory came away at Wigan Athletic on October the 26th, and they only just managed to scrape past Isthmian League outfit Bowers and Pitsy in the first round of the FA Cup, winning by a goal to nil on home soil. Having said all of this, they have recently been a difficult team to beat. Only AFC Wimbledon have done so in the last seven league outings, and even they had to do so from the penalty spots. Can Pompey make it eight games unbeaten, or will they come undone away to the Imps of Lincoln City? All of the unmissable action on Pompey Live. Big thank you to Connor Mosley We're there with a closer look at Lincoln City. Tomorrow night's opponents at Sinsel. Bain Corvia, should we say, the recently renamed LNER Stadium. Henry Deacon joins me alongside Sam Stone for the next 15 minutes or so to look ahead to tomorrow night's journey. Henry, tomorrow night, Lincoln City. We I mentioned kind of before that piece there with Connor that only two matches away from home have Pompey won this season. One of those was most recently away to Wickham at Adams Park. So not the best away record this season, but certainly given recent form, Pompey go into this one with a little bit of confidence. And they're a weird team to judge as well, Lincoln, in, in fairness as well. So I think you look at the lines of form and the lines of momentum, and I know it's been a word that we've been mentioning quite a lot on our broadcast together, but it's certainly in Pompey's direction. I think it's the sort of night tomorrow night and, and I don't know whether Sam will agree with me or not but it feels like the type of night long Tuesday night up to Lincoln cold evening um, you know enclosed pitch the fans when you do get, get up against you you're happy to take a point all the way back down the A1 and M1 so uh, you know there's there's that bit of expectation because you picked up a bit of form but anything I think you do pick up from that sort of game is a bonus although you just sense that Lincoln again a bit like a couple of teams that we've we've covered this year where they haven't had their best starts of the season but you just sense at some point they really are going to click into gear Would you take a point tomorrow Sam given recent form not just a Pompey but Lincoln City as well they're in a bit of free fall 16th from the table um, what six points above the drop zone you'd expect them to be in and around the playoffs come the end of the campaign so not the greatest of start from their respect I know Pompey haven't themselves had a fantastic start but given recent form would a point be good enough for Pompey like, like Henry said there away on a Tuesday night it's still not a, an easy place to go to don't get me wrong would a point be enough yeah, I, I agree with Henry there. I think a point would be a really good result. Um, Pompey have obviously turned their form around slightly, but it doesn't mean you go on and win every single game from now until uh, through the Christmas period. So I do think a point would be a good result. You're slowly turning the corner. But when I look at that bottom half of League One, Lincoln stand out as the one side that if they're if a team's going to do a Blackpool or going to do an Oxford United from a few seasons ago where they had a really bad start, and then just rocket it up the league. They'd be probably the one side that I would say I'd expect, as as you say, turn turn a corner and really get going because because of their manager who's excellent at it. He knows he knows how to get a team playing well at this level. They've got some very good young players, and as was shown last year, they're such a successful side, played such a good brand of football. I just think this season they've obviously lost a, a few key players in Rogers and um, oh, the other the other names escapes my mind. There was another winger they had who was excellent. So it's a slight rebuild for them, but I do think that Appleton will turn it round and a point, um, a point tomorrow night will be an excellent result for Pompey. Yeah. A couple of emails to read out as well. Stephen Jerome says, Hi lads, another great performance from Pompey on Saturday. I thought we were pretty much on top in the first half and created a few good chances leading up to the penalty, which in my opinion should never have been given. How the referee gave that decision just baffles me. All of us in the fratted end clearly saw the player throw himself to the floor. He totally conned the ref into making the decision. I feel maybe it's time that VAR was brought into the lower league because if that incident was checked by VAR, they never in a million years would have given that penalty. Even the fourth official said afterwards to Danny Cowley, the ref got the decision totally wrong. Anyway, on to the positive, says Stephen. I was pleased to see Jacobs get his first goal of the season. I thought he had a good game, as did Marcus Harness, who looks to be in good goal-scoring form now, which is great. I also thought Baz did well too upon his return from international duty. He made some fine saves with the one hit that he acrobatically 
acrobatically dive to his left and help a ball uh, being the best save of the game. We're looking like we've turned a corner now and it's now seven games unbeaten in all competitions. We're on a good run and hopefully it can continue with a good result at Lincoln tomorrow night. Keep the faith and play up Pompey Steve in Southsea with a, a very long but a very great email as per usual. And just quickly on a bit of a tangent, I know we've already kind of reviewed Saturday's events, Henry, but the big decision before the game from Danny Carley, Alex Bass, Gavin Bazunu between the sticks. He went with Gavin Bazunu in the end. Stephen mentioned that particular save towards Milsonen where he acrobatically caught it. Aesthetically pleasing to watch. Do you think Danny Carley made the right decision? In hindsight, I know. It is a difficult one because I think you've got two very good keepers there. Um, I mentioned before the game that I would have liked to have seen Bass be given a, a little bit of a run on the back of what he did at Wickham. But you, you can see why Bazunu comes straight in. He's an international player who's kept Cristiano Ronaldo at bay. And if you keep him at bay, then you've got a very good chance of doing well in League, in league One, which probably wins the prize for the most obvious statement of the year. But I, I, I get I get why he's, he, he kept Bazunu in goal. Um, stick with the status quo. Um, you know, Goalkeepers are such a specialist decision. If you chop and change that, it can also be seen as a sign of weakness. Um, so so I, I get why he's done it, but I think one thing that, that Gavin will know is that on the back of Alex Bass's performance at Wickham, that there's two competent number ones that are going toe to toe to for that for that starting spot, and that keeps him on his toes because as a goalkeeper, if you know you're on the number one, it can be very easy for standards to slip because you know you're expected to start every week, and if it's in the middle of say October, November, you know that you're going to be starting guaranteed every game until January, say. And I think uh, also Steve mentioned within that email, Sam, Marcus Harness and the kind of form he's been in of late as well. Goal scoring form as well. Uh, Marcus Harness, who bagged the winner in the 89th minute against Wimbledon on Saturday. Looking at the last few matches for him then. And I believe that now this season he's on eight in all competitions. Uh, I mean, yeah, eight goals in the last 10 appearances for Marcus Harness. So the player you probably would expect to be first on the team sheet tomorrow night. Yeah, January coming, clubs are going to be circling um, the harness. I saw an article potentially saying that Blackburn have extra attention from Curtis to harness. So yeah. I think one thing Pompey needs to prioritise at the moment ahead of anything is um, getting Marcus Harness's contract, the, the option of his contract activated because losing you can't if he goes on this current rate he's going to end up scoring 14 15 goals this season and Pompey can't really lose a player like that who's who's performing at this level and with Marcus Harness as well I think most Portsmouth fans can see there's a player in there his first touch his dribbling ability if he just improves his decision making there's a there's a capable championship player in there so for Pompey to get that contract extension sorted as soon as possible would be would be very ideal. Yeah, uh, let's talk about the big dilemma for Pompey tomorrow night. Then Henry, now Lee Brown misses the game at Lincoln due to suspension. Picked up a fifth yellow card against Wimbledon on Saturday afternoon. Of course, the obvious option you would probably look at is Connor Ogilvie brought in from Gillingham in the summer. However, he's built up a bit of relationship as centre-back alongside Sean Raggett. The only other option, in terms of out-and-out left-back, leaves Liam Vincent, who's yet to make, I believe, his debut in the Football League. He hasn't trained a lot this season. I know he's, he's himself been kept out of the side due to fitness and injury concerns. He has been training a bit recently. Do you throw him straight in the deep end? Do you look at maybe Rico Hackett, who has at points over the last season or two, he has played a few minutes in a kind of left wing-back role? Or do you maybe bring in either Kieran Freeman or Marlon Romeo from the right-hand side to fill in the left-back? There's plenty of options, but it's which one do you go with? Because also, let me also point out, if you do move Conor Ogilvy to left-back, who do you put in at centre-back? Because you've only got Paul Downing, who has been confirmed by our colleagues at the Ports of News today, is injured. Do you know what that is, Jake? It's a defensive dilemma. Defensive dilemma, as I couldn't say at the top of the show. Defensive dilemma, or whatever I said. Is yeah, it? it is a defensive... <laughs> <laughs> a defensive dilemma. You've got me saying it again. But no, in, 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 but yeah. <laughs> in all seriousness, no. Um, it, it, 
there is there is a few headaches to be had. I think my personal preference is to keep Ogilvy and Raggett together in that central defence. I think if you split them two up, I think you're possibly well, you are splitting the nucleus up of your defence, and you're splitting up part of the nucleus of a team that's won two games on the trot against, well, especially in Wickham, a very good side. So um, I'd keep him there. Um, I, I'm always a bit hesitant about moving players from the right wing to left wing or left wing to right wing because you've got players who are wrong footed playing in a in a position where you can get exposed especially on the counter attack um, so I think potentially you mentioned Rico Hackett I think he for me personally looks like perhaps the best option okay he's not an out and out left back but he's a left sided player um, can adapt and has switched into that formation in games before of course it's a different and a totally different entity if you're if you're starting there from the get go but I think he probably for me would seem the most sensible option. I don't think you split up the defensive nucleus and if you move right to left, then I just think that you can potentially leave yourself open. You can potentially leave yourself some problems when you've got a wrong-footed player down one of the flanks. Yeah. Bigger injury boost for Pompey. John Marquis is back training and in contention for tomorrow. Uh, do get in touch with Express FM. I'll be reading out your text tweets and emails tomorrow night for the coverage of Pompey's trip to Lincoln City. Uh, we will, of course, by that time know who starts in defence and up top for Pompey, but John Marquis we expect will travel up to Sinsel Bank having trained in the last couple of days just a really quick answer Sam who would you start at left back tomorrow uh, I'd actually go for Kieran Freeman I'd bring him at left back yep. I just think having a, a, a full back in a, in a defensive position especially away from home is probably more sensible than bringing a, a, a right winger into full back yeah. for me personally Henry Deacon, uh, your score prediction, please, then. Pompey travelling to Lincoln City tomorrow night, midweek action under the Sinsel Bank floodlights. What are you going for? I'd be content with a 1 1 draw. 1 1 draw. Okay, fair enough. Sam, your prediction, please. I'd be very happy with a 1 1 draw, but I think Pompey might have a. Just the current form may have a bit too much for him, so I'm going for a 2 1. 2 1 win. 2-1 wins Pompey, of course, says Sam Stone over the powers of the internet this evening. I'm going to go for a 3-1 Pompey victory tomorrow night. Why not? Made for a very happy trip back home. It would be an incredible trip back home. It really would. Henry Deacon, thank you very much for coming on the show tonight, my friend. I will see you uh, very early tomorrow morning. <laughs> Very early tomorrow morning and throughout the day and throughout the night. But it should be fun, Jake. It will be fun. It will be fun. Uh, Sam Stone, thank you very much. Have a safe journey to Sinsel Bank tomorrow night. Cheers, guys. Thanks a lot. And to anyone listening who's also travelling up to a game tomorrow evening, do have a safe journey. And uh, we look forward to welcoming you to Sinsel Bank. And if you're not travelling up to Lincolnshire tomorrow night, fear not, because myself and Henry Deacon will have you covered with all of the action. Pompey in League One action. Once again, they travel to 16th place, Lincoln City. You can join us here on Express FM for all of the coverage here from 7pm tomorrow night. Everything we do is passionately pumping. Fourth with a bound away yet again. This is... You wouldn't believe it! Pompey Live. Pompey delivers the karma to the Dons, dramatically winning 2-1 at Fratton Park. Goal from Hardy! And surely he's won it for Port. That's now seven unbeaten for the Blues who travel to Sitzel Bank in midweek. Join us for all of the unmissable action Tuesday night from seven. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. We look forward to it. Certainly a long journey ahead of us tomorrow afternoon for V's trip to Lincoln City. Match day number nine for 19 for Pompey. Uh, was certainly a long way through the season now. A win for the Blues can put them even closer to the top six positions in League One. Still plenty of games to play in the league this season. However, OK, coming up after the news at seven o'clock, Jeff and Adrian are back with the Soft Rock Show. They've got the latest from Grand Splendid, Beaters Band and Coach Party as well as stories and history from this week and tunes from Nick Drake and Pearl Jam as well Kevin Stokes returns with that 80 show between 9 and 11 with plenty of tunes you haven't heard in a very long time the Express Wind Down is here from 11 through till the early hours of Tuesday morning and then tomorrow morning from 6.30 Ian James is sitting in for Nicola Lashley on Express Breakfast through till 10am which we've got non-stop Express just great songs all day long 
through till two when Mason Jordan returns with the victory ears to cover for Ian who is of course sitting in for Nicola at breakfast. Mason's got the victory ears from two through till four o'clock and then the latest on the roads and the express rewind as well. Connor Mosley is back from six through till seven and then myself and Henry here from seven with full coverage of Pompey's next bat match. We look forward to bringing you all of the action. Have a great evening and a great week Pompey fans. Good night.